the bracket the bracketology one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the San Antonio FC FanCast. I'm your host, Royce, joined by Harry and Rafa. Let's uh, do as we do and go around the mm, kind of bases. Yeah, I guess around the horns a little bit better because it's not bases. We don't have four. Rafa, how are you doing tonight? I'm working on getting that fourth. It's good. I'm working. Well, one of our fourths is uh, is going to be. He's living it up. He's yeah. living it up in Arlington. <laughs> Another one is living it up in Arlington, Texas. Yeah, after a fifteen to nine win by the uh, the Brahmas, the Fighting Heinz Wards. So, let me ask you a question. Shout out to Robert. Uh oh. Obviously, it, Robertson. Okay, okay. I'll answer your question. The Brahmas are definitely the real deal. They're the real soccer in town. They're the real. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to. Go ahead, Harry. Well, no. Are you following on them? I I thought I would follow them more, but I'm not. Not at all. No, they suck, and uh, it's obvious the city isn't really following them. Their their last home game had like fifteen thousand. After the first one had thirty plus. So it's obvious that the results on the field, the, everyone's kind of seen the product. It hasn't really set itself apart from anything. The rules are confusing. They're not very clear. There's a lot of things they need to go. They need to go forward if they're really going to make an impact in the city. Uh, one of the things they do have that I kind of discussed on is Twitter, merch. I I have not opened up my uh, <laughs> haven't opened up my Twitter account since I posted that. But yeah, that was. San Antonio FC doesn't have merch everywhere. Obviously, they just have the contract with the Soccer Factory. Um, I did go to Academy today uh, to get a baseball belt for my kid. Dumb on my part because they literally had two belts left, a purple one and a white one. That's not going to work. Um, so, what? But when I was there, I walked by the pro shop and they had a green team's Yeti jersey. And they mm-hmm. obviously had nothing SAFC. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like... They've got to change that if they if they want to get if they want to continue to sell out, which spoiler alert, we're going to go into the sixth, sixth consecutive sellout. Uh, if they want to continue to do that, they need to do two things. They need to get their merch and they need to get it licensed to where it can be in uh, more than more stores in Walmart's H-E-B. I pointed out H-E-B's and academies that would go a long way, but Walmart's local targets, stuff like that. That would be huge. Uh, people would see the logo. And you can't pay that for that kind of advertising. And the second thing is more broadcasting, local TV broadcasts. I think a local radio broadcast would go a long way. I used to listen to the Rampage on Ticket 760, and that really made me a Rampage fan. Back when we had the Rampage, RIP, um, I think that would go a long way. Um, if you want to continue to sell out, if you want to build the popularity to where to force the city to maybe build even more of the stadium because too many people want to go to the game. Hey, that's not a bad thing. Sorry. And Harry, how are you doing? Well, since we're already kind of getting pet peeves off here. Okay. Um, they did a wonderful job highlighting women. It would have been a perfect opportunity to announce an intention of either going into uh, the Super League or what it the, was it the USL W League, I think it is. It would, and the BSL. 
the W League or the Super League, either one. Well, no, just it, keeping it keeping it in USL. So not even okay. talking about NWSL, which I, I would love for them to do that. They got a perfect stadium for it. It would it would blow up in San Antonio, but for to highlight the to to have highlight and to highlight the women like they did and, and they deserve it and and they did a great job on that they really to did. me it to me it was it would have been awesome for them to tap on say and i know pro safc you know uh matthew and and um clayton. or clayton um you know we're talking about hey just the girls academy just just laying that foundation of something women girls related would, would have reinforced what would, would have reinforced that but 100 no i i don't disagree with you i uh i agree wholeheartedly well we're all I'll agreeing it, you know I'll TV, it heb and women's teams should i just don't have the money in my pocket to agree with you that much but i agree <laughs> so and at least we're not UTSA men's basketball. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. The last one, nope. please turn off the lights. Uh, and, and we're getting down to, what, four, I think, are on the roster. No mass exodus. And I will say this. Uh, it'll be interesting with the green team up north because I think they're having locker room issues uh, from everything that I'm hearing. So it's... I know that'll put some smile on a lot of people's faces down here. Well, they have uh, their ownership has integrity issues, so let's start from there. That's so a whole separate. But yeah, let's it's... let's start from there. the The team is what it is. Like, I can't get mad at the fans. I can't get mad at the players. Like, I don't. But it's the ownership that I have a beef with, um, and um, they can kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. So, since we're talking about beef. I'm going to go into my rant because it, it, it ties into the next thing here. Uh, coming out with the lineup, uh, first the injury report, Larrera, Manley, PC. Dylan was kind of a surprise if you weren't paying attention. I think I think all three of us kind of expected him to be out. If, if he played, it was going to be a little bit shocking after the ankle sprains in Loudoun. Um, and Juan Carlos Oscar uh, still out. Uh, I think a lot of us were hoping he would be back um, for that here. So hopefully everything's okay if, if he did have a new addition um, along those lines because that, that is three weeks that he's been out for that. And we knew uh, Shannon Gomez was on international duty with Trinidad and, and uh, Tobago uh, for that here. Which left us this lineup here. Far, Tanner, uh, Garcia, Batista, Bailey, Hayes, Abu. Maloney, uh, Kamarni Smith, Nico Hansen's back from, uh, you know, from uh, Daddy Duty, and, and Royce will go into that here in a, in a little bit here. Uh, Nacho on the bench. Mercado, backup goalkeeper, good. Pirano back from injury. Holt, uh, Dezel Azuna, Eduardo Fernandez. Three academy kids. Without the three academy kids, we don't have enough to fill out a proper roster. If you actually look at our roster build right now, we've got 16 full-time contracts, two people on 25-day contracts, and eight academy kids. I know San Antonio FC is saying, hey, you know, forget about last year. And I know it's early, and I know, you know, they've had a rash of, of, of bad luck. But you can't tell me having one sub, and I think it's been one sub the last two games, right, for the most part? 
Um, well, I think you had two with with through there, but you had the three academy kids. There is no reason why this team should not have addressed some some of the signings because there's no depth on this team at all. You're going to run these players, but you know under, we've all said Coach Marcina put, demands a lot. It's it's a high performing system here. It's very physical. It drains you. Yeah, you can't fill – San Antonio at this time cannot build out a proper proper lineup. But why we're only at, you know, assuming that we signed the 25-day contracts, and we'll kind of get into that here next, you're at 18 players. Normally you run for the senior roster, normally you're running 20, 21, and then you add on through there. So they're running two or three players short. Now we've heard of one, you know, that still hasn't been announced which is kind of surprising at this point. So I'm not sure if there's paperwork, visa issues, whatever's going on. If it fell through, you know, who knows what's going on, but they've got to do something. They're just, you know, you know, the, the national announcers, Kerr and Watts, who do a great job, said that their goal with, with Abu was to ease him back. Playing 75 minutes in a full 90 minutes, that's not easing him back. Your guys' thoughts on the lineups and and uh, my little rant there, my crazy Harry. Is it one hundred percent right? I mean, to have only one <laughs> one legitimate <laughs> sub. So let's imagine it's one uh, one of the guys goes down goes down, especially like with Abu. We're trying to bring him up to up to par, you know, getting the minutes. And let's say if he goes down, I mean, you're gonna risk the chance throwing one of those academy players in. I think I think they need to really kind of look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? We do need to add a couple, some more depth, especially up top. That's I think we do need to find another striker, like kind of we did last year around May, and then also solidify a neutral, another central defender uh, that can play on the holy mid, or or even in the attacking mid, either or or add to one of each because I think that's we're losing a lot of the balls in, in play in that area. And I think that's where a lot of teams are kind of focusing on us when they, in the last three games. So we need to fix that issue. Nothing wrong with the academy players, but, you know, you're not going to risk it unless you're you're up 6 nothing, or, you know, you're or getting blown out. Then it's when you put them in. But I, I think that's an issue that we need to fix at ASAP. Um, obviously, squad depth isn't where it should be. Um, I'm going to come off the ledge a little bit. Uh, we do have seven players unavailable, whether it's injury or it's uh, international duty or dad duty, um, which, I mean, it is what it is. Um, so there is depth. It's just the the reason that we have the depth we have is to cover the team whenever you lose seven players. Um, it's unfortunate we will get Shannon back uh, pretty quickly. The others, I'm not sure. Obviously, hopefully, um, you know, uh, Juan Ozokar can take as much time as he needs to with his wife. That's a family thing. Get your family settled and then come back to the team. It's uh, And his baby was born like the week before open uh, the opening match. So I have no qualm. I mean, being a dad myself, I get it. Like I took, I don't know, my wife took, I think she was able to get uh, a couple months off um so the last month leading up to the you know having rex and then uh the month after um and i think i had a month with her as well which was really nice um 
and I couldn't imagine going back to work, um, you know, inside that first month that a kid's alive. It's, it's crazy. Um, I'm not sure if it's his first, but if it is his first, it's even more crazy because you're just, you don't know what to do. Um, so I get it from a dad standpoint, as far as the injuries, they need to get healthy. We saw JD on the turf at Loudon just get eaten up by the turf monster. Um, I, I'm not, he's not injured. He's just, if he needed to go, I'm sure he could have gone. Um, but at the same time, he just needs to rest a little bit. Um, cause he did roll his ankle a couple times. Uh, Loera, we're not sure. Uh, Piranha coming back was a great sign, and he looked he looked unbelievable. So he looked healthy. Um, PC, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Um, so yeah, the depth is is an issue, but at the same time, we're seeing the depth right now because we have seven players out. Um, at the same rate, I will say a big thing that happened last season that I think the Spurs are and Tim Holt is really going to look for this season are going to be reinforcements midway through the season. So I think this is the squad until, um, and I know last year um, when uh, Puro SAFC had their, uh, I know we're going to talk about them a little bit more, whenever they had their, um, you know, predictions early in the season, what are your early, their early season predictions? One of their predictions that came true, I think it was Shaddock's prediction, was that our top score is not on the squad yet. Um, and I think that may be the same case this season that our top score, not on the squad yet. And it may be somebody we get in, in May, June, July, uh, probably June or July, whenever the European window, uh, whenever the season ends, it's very possible. We start looking, uh, for reinforcements that way. Uh, MLS is going to be a lot more settled then. So a lot of those fringe players are going to be available for loans. So IE a same dinner in, um, I mean, who who else have we gotten that has really changed the complexion in the last few seasons? Courtney Ford completely changed the complexion of the um, of the 2021 team. Um, I'm I'm sure everybody's yelling other names right now that we picked up uh, that were kind of midseason transactions and completely changed the team. Uh, I mean, last year with Nacho coming back over from Croatia, like that was a big that was a big deal. So. I think that's what we're going to look for. Um, and I think they're just kind of leaving those slots open. They don't want to fill it up too quickly. At the same time, you have Batista and you have Bailey on um, on those 25-day contracts, which are probably going to get extended. We'll get lit. we'll get more into that later. But I'm going to talk. Yeah, Adenarin 2.0. Oh, Darius. Dude, Darius, I keep meaning to try to meet with you at the game for your scarf, which is like two months ago. That's my bad. I'm going to, I'm just going to ship it out tomorrow. Um, I keep trying to get with you to meet you not working out. Going to send you the scarf. Apologies. Um, but yeah, same dinner and 2.0 coming. Uh, and yeah, a, a boot came, that's right. A boot came over halfway through the 2021 season, a huge game changer and a guy who's really, um, made a name for himself here. Well, I mean, he's been a name everywhere he's gone, but he's really settled here in San Antonio, which I love to see. Love Moabu, love his attitude. Um, and man, um, yeah, I think that's, what's going to happen. I think you're going to get two or three players halfway through the season and they're probably going to change, uh, really change who we are as a team and hopefully really improve us. So I'm tired of talking. Um, let's go on to the next thing, Harry. 
So I'm I'm gonna just kind of finish up with that here. And I know Royce is gonna come up with a nickname for you know for Panic Harry, whatever you know, whatever we're we're gonna call this segment here. Points matter, whether it's week one or the last week. And that that that's my concern on if we sacrifice a little bit now, if if San Antonio wants to host the, the finals and play in the playoffs here. That could come. That could come up. But the next one here, twenty-five day contracts. Uh, it's make a decision. Batista Bailey. This one should be pretty quick. Obviously Bailey. I think there's another week. Uh, week to ten days on. Uh, Batista though, I think it, we're coming up uh, this week, right? I believe is, is hey, no ne- next week. Next Monday, next week. I believe is going to be the next twenty-five Monday. days, April third. So the so, the day before the Open Cup match, I think, is when a. Uh, uh, that 25 so, days. Is up. But we've seen Batista for three weeks. I think everybody after the first match already had him have him <laughs> locked in and loved. I, I wasn't sure after the first, I'll be honest. After the first match, I was not convinced about his defensive abilities. Yes, he scored the two goals. That's a big deal. Like, let's, let's not, let's not joke around. Uh, the second game, he got beat for the, uh, for the goal, the goal for the other team. Not great. But this match that we're going to get into, he put Malik Foster, one of the quicker forwards, wingers in the league, in his pocket and didn't and suffocated him. This game against Colorado Springs was his best defensive um, performance, and I he earned it one hundred percent in this game. Uh, Bailey, again, um. Going forward, he wasn't as impressive as I would hope he would be. He's more of a defender, obviously. He's more of a right back, but he did really well in his right uh, his right back duties. There were a couple times where he and Fabian had a miscommunication. They kind of went, both went out, and neither of them came up with the ball, and they let a Colorado Springs player go through them. So not ideal, but that's a communication thing. As far as his abilities and him being on that field, he belongs. He looked really good. And he even had the shot that got deflected that ended up going in for the for the Moabu uh, goal. So um, I think got to sign him, right? It's, I it's, think, it's, yeah, no, I it's think, simple, right? I, I, it's as simple as that. I, I think so. I, I I think they've they've earned the spot. Hopefully that didn't really burn. Um, well, hopefully those are just defenders that you would need in the beginning of the season. Hopefully that didn't burn one two of the uh, midseason. Um, roster slots the the money that they would spend on players uh, but i think both of those players we can go a long way um with them in, in those positions for sure Rafa, billy's like your jordy yeah, like delem i guess kind of that role as far as how we brought in some extra depth for the defense i think that's what billy's going to be kind of your your jordy delem uh who was the other guy that we had um where we brought in uh, I forgot his, his name, but he's also a defender. Yeah, not Diaz. Um, Dioff. no, somebody else. Um, another defender we brought in. Um, um, can't catch his name, but drawing a blank right now. Uh, yeah, drawing. <laughs> pulling, pulling up the list right here. Uh, yeah, he, the, the one, really one that we didn't right now. We didn't re- resign. He's kind of living it up right now. <laughs> Besides Dilem. Um, oh, Abdul Salam. Salam. No, right. Well, well, Salam. I think was taking. Um, Saad was taking care of his brother, um, yeah. and I think he's doing a family thing. I, I don't think he's playing anywhere, so I think he's doing a family thing. And 
and obviously he almost lost his brother um yeah. so yeah uh, when stuff like that happens it kind of changes your priorities for sure and obviously jordy's doing the dad thing as well so i i get it uh and when you're in jordy's position you're an mls cup champion more importantly your usl championship champion with san antonio fc you get to have you know that time off and perhaps halfway time, yeah. Right. Yeah. Perhaps halfway through the season, he'll be ready to play again, and right. his agent will get on that horn with Tim Holt, and will bring Jordy to Lim back, which he brought a lot of. Obviously, he brought a lot of really solid play on the field, but he brought a lot of uh, veteran leadership as well last season to get us through the, the playoffs. And that's and that's what you see with Bailey. Like I said, that, as far as that role filling in, like because he's basically like a switchblade, he can be a defender, or he can play out, uh, out of the wing. So. Uh, I think that's that's the reason why we signed him because he can do both. Because they did mention that he's a hybrid. They were trying to make him to a hybrid type of player in that role and so forth. But he had a great game last night, so I think he's I think he's earned his his contract to be extended. So let me ask you this question here, and, and I'll start with you, Rafa. Originally, the plan was a loan with Edwards from the Rapids. Um, injury situation you know, with the Rapids, he got recalled back. If you're SAFC, do you try to re-engage those talks, or do you, you know, it, it, to me, do you roll the, you roll the dice with Batista, or do you do both? If through there here, because when when we initially got Batista, the thinking was, hey, this was just kind of short term because Edwards is going to be coming back because the injuries, you know, were considered short term. You know, and speaking with Matt Pollard, you know, from uh, uh, hanging in the high line who covers the uh, the uh, Colorado Rapids. So if it comes to Edwards, and then obviously the other the other thing that we don't know, the health of um, Man yeah Manly, the health of Manly here. So do you sign Batista, you know, and still do the loan, or do you you know kind of you know because let's be honest, we are a D two team, and you know money doesn't grow on trees. Well, I, I think you do sign them both because if you if he, Edwards does come back, you're going to plug him in. There's your experience right there, uh, your back three. But this also allows Batista to also kind of learn. Kind, you know, he was just thrown into the fire, you know, because he played two days after he got signed. So at least this will give him time to learn from Tanner, Garcia, and also Edwards, you know, you know, in such roles. Plus, like I said, we're going to have – you know, U.S. Open Cup games, so it's perfect, you know, to say, you know, if he has to play some of those games, he can get into those. And having a lot of depth on the defense is great because once you get Manley back, now you have a five-player five rotation that you can, if you have to put Manley out and put maybe Edwards there or Bertice in, you can really kind of change the lineup there or you get to give a Tanner or Garcia a rest. Or remember last year, Garcia went was out for a while, so, you know, it's, it's, it's imperative to have that, you know, at least a five, five, and maybe a six defender death there into that squad. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Edwards would. I mean, I if you know uh, Colorado gets back on the the horn to Tim Holt, I think you go with that loan. Uh, I don't think loans have anything to do with money. I think it's just agreements, um, especially going from MLS to USL. I don't see MLS forcing USL to cover any sort of salary um but apparently edwards made the bench again and he was an unused subbed once again so um we'll see how that 
changes. He's been an un, he the first game when he was back, he wasn't even in the 18. The last two games, he's been an unused sub. So he's obviously just a depth choice right now for Colorado, which if you look at their record, I don't see how he's just a depth choice, but I don't I don't think defense is their issue. I think obviously offense is their issue, but um uh, but no, if Colorado gets back on the horn and they, they get more healthy, then you absolutely get uh, um, you get him back over here because you, you don't know what's going to happen, obviously. We already have seven players unavailable. You don't know what's going to happen further than that. And in most seasons, we have five or six um, center back options. So, um, And even last season, we had quite a few center back options, and we still had to use Jordy DeLim as a center back. So, um that yes obviously yes uh and defensive depth is always important especially in the on this squad as we've seen so far so so moving to the highlights uh this is the courtesy of usl uh youtube uh espn plus um safc you know colorado, you know, colorado springs switchbacks let's get into it you guys can't hear it right You guys couldn't hear it, right? No. If you want to kind of volume on, uh, you guys want to talk about uh, the environment? Yeah, I mean, uh, as we've said, so let's set up the game. Let's set up the context. Um, it was the first dollar beer night. It's the second uh, home match of the season. Um, we had over 7,900 fans in the stands, so it was another sellout. Um, I don't know what exactly the number is to trigger a sellout. I think it's a little over 78 to trigger a sellout from what I've seen before. But um, I think it's when you start having standing room only tickets getting sold. I think it counts as a sellout. Um, which apparently we had. Um, so it was kind of a uh, kind of a chill. It kind of got chilly um, last. Uh, I guess that was last night, wasn't it? Jeez. Um, I actually felt good last night. It, it felt it felt good. <laughs> it, it started off in the seventies and then it kind of dipped down into the high sixties. So uh, I, I know we took jackets and Rex had his jacket on early, um, but it was it's a good match. Um, as we've heard, there were issues with the concessions. I think um, Toyota Field and San Antonio FC, it's run by the city. That's kind of the issue. Or it's run by Spurs uh, and the concessions. Pretty sure are also run by the Spurs. Is it Aramark? Um, there's probably Aramark, exactly. Um, they just didn't have enough servers for the dollar beer, uh, which maybe that's by design. Maybe they don't want everyone to get, to get tanked. Um, but... There was definitely a, a service issue. Um, the lines were super long, and they stayed long throughout halftime, and it was a little disappointing to see. Um, but that's, that's something they really um, need to fix. I, I think logistically, yeah. they got to maybe do something. Um, I know, like they have that self serve one, at, that one section. I think mm -hmm. they need to do it at some other, some you know, mm -hmm. and other sections that have the self serve to maybe the oh, kind of let things flow a lot faster right and that way there's not a lot because i saw a couple of lot quite a few long lines it's like oh, this, right. this is a little ridiculous so i wonder I what it would take to, i wonder what it take to have like runners like order runners uh you order on your phone and then it just comes to you i wonder how much um 
how much overhead that would take and if that would um you know have one person dedicated to each section and I wonder if they can't order be... the beer. They can't order a beer on the app, right? So you can't order the dollar beer. The, the The lady kept telling me uh, it should be on there. I never saw it. The only beer that I saw um, that was on the app was is the twelve dollar Tall Boys. Um, I didn't see anything else. So maybe it is there, and I just didn't see it. But um, yeah, that's that was definitely. That's definitely a disappointing thing. And I was one of them that was in line for halftime. I was in line, but I still had a view of the field. Um, but I was in line for, you know, from almost the beginning of halftime until the 65th minute when they stopped serving. And I I, I did not get a beer at halftime. So a little disappointed at that. Uh, it was partially the serve, you know, the lack of servers. The other issue was a couple of people ahead of me. Um, they just kept adding drinks and adding drinks and adding drinks. And they ran like a $75 tab because they couldn't make up their mind on what they wanted. And they just wasted everybody's time. So, so yes, a server issue, but also fans get it together. Know what you want when you get up there, order it. And that's it. Get out of there. Cause it's a limited time and you're wasting everybody's time behind you. So, um, no comment from coach Kano. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's San Antonio. What are we going to talk about? Anytime anybody has a dollar beer night, whether it's the missions or the flying chanclas or the rampage back in the day uh, or San Antonio FC now, whenever there's a dollar beer night, San Antonio shows up. Uh, and we obviously saw that last night. Uh, we get everything uh, sorted out right. with that, Harry? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Hit the highlights. Let's put this on here. I'll commentate on it. It's okay. So we just don't have any dead air. All right. So there's a kickoff. Colorado goes long and they lose possession. Uh, Colorado intercepts in midfield. Um, they get a, the player got a lot of run. The Fords didn't run with him to go back. And Ja'Cory um, tried to go for the slide tackle to intercept. And he got all leg and no ball. Ended up getting called a yellow card. Uh, a very similar thing happened where Nacho got fouled maybe five minutes after that. Um, going the other way and it was just a foul so we'll talk about the ref well i'll talk about him in limited spaces he's very inconsistent with his calls uh we saw uh zico uh bailey have a shot there that went wide um that really didn't trouble the keeper he kind of had that corner covered uh we saw free kick right there from fabian garcia um that the goalkeeper kind of power and it, it needed a lot more power uh the uh the keeper had a um kind of how that one telegraphed uh there's there's one of the pause real quick so i can catch up with my commentary uh that was the play that we were talking about uh one of the few attacks that we created in the first half uh comes off a rebound uh jacory hayes approaches it just rifles it with his right foot just couldn't keep it under the bar comes off the bar screaming and comes straight to nico uh but it's a little too hot for nico and he heads it over um that was a really good chance uh, a really quality strike um, from a from a veteran player to keep his knee over it. Uh, just couldn't quite keep it under the crossbar. Uh, keep going. Yeah, that shot that Jacory shot, uh, that one did touch the, the goalkeeper. Did get to lay a hand on it. Oh, so did if he, he doesn't get a hand? On, yeah, if he doesn't it, get a hand on it, that's it, that's in it's, the net. It's doing the Germany down and up and yeah. down and in. Yeah, because we we saw the play there where we said at one fourteen, 
That was a beautiful shot. I mean, okay, okay. The Colorado. This is a per- Colorado this, keeper. This is a hold, go back, go back, go back, go back, back. I want you to pause real quick. Go back, go back. Two seconds. Okay, yeah, and then just no. It's okay. Keep going. This is this is what I wanted to talk about right here because it shows exactly what I was talking about. It's Ford. Ford. No, I'll tell you what to pause. Hold on. So anybody actually watching the live stream um, can see what I'm talking about here. And there's Nico's header over the bar. Pause, pause, pause. Okay. So now you can see right here, Lamar Batista is running from the midfield. Uh, he's he's a tall guy right in the middle. Pause, pause, okay. pause. Okay. Pause. I know where you're going. Are you going to go with the average positions? No, good old John. No. <laughs> good old USL tactics. Okay. This is because you're talking about Batista's positioning, right? Yep. There's Kamar. Right this is a perfect yep. example, right? There here. you go. He's coming up for the press. And you could see in the background, uh, in the top right hand corner, how close Mitch and uh, Fabian are to each other. And you can even see Bailey up there, who's also mm-hmm. in line with them as a back four. And then off the screen is Connor Maloney also in line. So you have well, a back. Right uh, of, okay. So Connor's up here getting on the press. So he needs to get his, his butt back is what he needs to do. <laughs> Cause there's Malik Foster. Malik Foster's fast as hell. Oh no, that's Beckford still Beckford's fast as hell. Malik Foster's up there with the center backs. Uh, but yeah, no, you see uh, Batista come up and he's coming up for the press to try to press him off, uh, press off that pass. So that's what I meant by a lot of times. Um, um, Batista would have to come up Batista. and help out in the midfield, right? Because Jacory's over there, um, kind of up top. No, I think no, that's, that's Mo. A that's Mo. Jacory's up, up. Nope, up. That yeah, there. That's Jacory. Jacory's up to try to um, connect the the back line and the midfield with the forwards. So he's kind of caught up, and so Batista has to come up and help out in the midfield. So you have that midfield triangle there, even though um, Kamarni's still trying to go forward. That's where kind of Kamarni needs to do a little bit more work to get back, more of the Justin Dillon role um, to get back. But he was kind of – he had his nose for goal, and he kept trying to go forward. Uh, go ahead and go forward. Rafa has an interesting point because he pointed this out during the match, and I think this one – this this mm-hmm. kind of really illustrates Rafa's point of view as far as how Batista was playing. Yeah, he was playing eye to defend a lot of the, the overlaps. That's something what I read on John's comments on, on Twitter – on the jump jump from USL tactics, uh, Colorado's really was playing a lot to the outside. If you notice, a lot of the plays were going to to Beckford. They were utilizing a lot of that speed. And if you see here, they have a three, like I said, a three v two there. And if you push it up a little bit more, when the pass is sent, now it's gonna uh, Garcia's gonna have to make that. See, it pulls it out. What they're looking for in Colorado, you see the one v ones there. That's that was the whole. T- uh, strategy for them is to pull our guys out stretch them out to create these 1v1 chances off the cross i know they were playing some stuff in the middle but if you notice the whole night they were focusing a lot on beckford utilizing his speed and to play the ball back because beckford did get to also get a shot on on jordan one of the near posts but you can see there we have 1v1s there but if you notice bailey's able to kind of re, kind of react to cover that guy so we did good. Maloney well, hustles back yeah. too as well so, to get. Yeah, so we get we did well keeping our shape, but you got to give also kudos there to Garcia to really kind of you know cleaning up cleaning up that play there. 
Because if he gets beat there, like I said, you know, if no one's there, if he doesn't react to there, there's an open space there to send across or even a shot there at the near post. But to me, if if I understand you guys right here, this is kind of what opens up the play is Kamari not being that, as aggressive or yeah. as pr- pressing. That's the press on right. here. That's the pressing which action. Then opens up. Correct. That's a pressing action that needs a lot more effort right there. Um, and Kamari's a forward. He's not used to pressing that much. He's used to going forward. That's why I said his nose is for goal. And this is kind of one of those learning moments. We've talked about, you know, learning the system, learning what's expected beyond the field. Yeah, training's going to be one thing. On a game is going to be completely different. And this is what, one what? of those this is one of those moments and it's another one of those moments that just shows you how important Justin Dillon is to this system because Justin Dillon, he doesn't let that guy go by. That guy is getting pressed and he doesn't have any space to make a comfortable pass. Um, would it have been better? I was going to ask you, would it have been better if maybe putting Kamarni on the outside and having uh, Nacho in the inside says Nacho knows about playing in that role because he has played that role and he's more, he has uh, more of the mentality with like what Dylan does to go back, be have the discipline to go back and to defend that space. I think I think they maybe they should have done that because that would have kind of kept you know Kamarni's more of the straightforward attack. I think that have been he would have been more comfortable there. I think Nacho would have fit in just fine there because he he's played that role before in the in the some of the games last season. I think two things go to that. I think number one, um, I think Nacho is more of a header threat. Than Kamarni, mm-hmm. obviously, I haven't seen Kamarni really uh, play as uh, as a natural forward like Nacho did, uh, and we had a lot of crosses going in. Uh, like I said, we had uh, Bailey go up a lot, and he crossed the ball quite a bit uh, to try to meet Nacho's head. Um, so I don't I don't know if the crossing would have been as um, uh, as effective with Kamarni up there. It may have been. At the same time, I don't know if Nacho has the legs uh, to stay in the midfield and to do all that. Yes, he he uh, tracked back a lot, which is great to see. I don't know if he has the legs to keep up that press the entire match, and we needed him to stay in the entire match. Um, and I think Kamarni is more physically built for for that kind of running that. and that more or less thankless job, the JD He's- role. Um, and that's something that he can he can build into. JD wasn't mm-hmm. that player overnight. It took him a couple of seasons to get there. So perhaps Kamarni, you know, later this season, we'll get it. It'll click and he'll, you know. Uh, but this, uh, the first game, kind of watching him in that role, he's he's got some work to do for sure. Uh, listen to me, listen, to me, listen yeah. to me being a, you know, a, a couch quarterback, sitting on my chair, drinking my beer. Oh, but at the same time, I mean. Well, yeah, I guess know. talking to, like talking to Harry at the game, because we kind of, we kind of noticed that and we were just. You know, he was just very, he looked very lost, and there was also the that you know Harry mentioned about some of the passes, the connection wasn't there, right? And little, some of the little frustration, and that and that's where you see why we miss miss PC, and then also when we made the switch to Pirano, and that's when we make that's where you see the difference there. Christian completely changed his match in the fifty fifth minute when he came on. Uh, what's so, what's his highlight of Harry? Uh, this is the goal because I went through the YouTube highlights okay. and for whatever reason they're not good. Um, I know <laughs> there were sound issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the br- broadcast here, uh, so uh, I'm just gonna do the goal video, uh, goal shot from SAFC's uh, social media Twitter, and then okay. we'll do the PK save because that's really the, the big, big. Yeah, that's 
Right. Uh, so right now, Jacory has the ball in midfield. He has Mo ahead of him and Connor up there. Um, he bypasses a midfielder, a really nice through ball out wide to, is that not, yeah, that's Nacho out there. Uh, and mm-hmm. Bailey comes up, Bailey gets a shot, um, and that deflects off of a defender, uh, kind of right in Mo's <laughs> path. Um, the shot was going in the lower right-hand corner. If you're the goalkeeper, uh, lower left, if you're looking at the goal, he dives, the deflection comes the other way. It goes to Mo. Mo heads it in. The keeper almost gets a hand on it because he's like seven six or something. That uh, that dude's giant. Um, but it goes in, and Mo Mo gets his goal during Ramadan, which was really cool, and it was a special moment I felt because they did interview him halfway through the week uh, with doing the walking the pitch with Brian, and they discussed. Um, you know, for those that aren't too familiar, I'm not too familiar with the Muslim faith, but right. I do know during Ramadan, it's a fasting time where um, where people of um, people of the Islamic faith will fast. They will not eat um, or drink. Or well, from, it it depends. Dun- it depends. But yeah, a lot of them it's don't eat dun- or drink. Dun- to dos. Correct. From sunrise to sunset, they don't sunset. eat anything. They don't. They don't drink. And then anything. they can drink Once water. That, I think. Right. Once that sun sets, then they, you know, it's a big, it's a big feast. It's a huge feast. And so they start off their day with the big feast before the sun comes up. They end their day with the big feast. Uh, but there's nothing in between, uh, and it kind of goes toward the sacrifice of, um, um, of 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 their of their prophet. So, um, and for him to go all ninety minutes. Plus, score a goal. Apparently, hadn't scored a per- scored a professional goal in nine seasons. Seasons, insane, insane. <laughs> uh, but he got his goal, and he was saying, you know, Brian asked him, you know, how do you do it? Like, how do you do it? And he's like, I, I just have the faith that God will take care of me if if I do what I need to do. And here you go, scores a goal. It's pretty inspirational, and he's <laughs> such a, he's such a good dude. So. One interesting aspect of this here that I don't think, you know, everybody talks about the goal and through here, but how many times have we seen players that that just ease into an offside position and he was able to kind of hold that line for that? Because you know, I've seen it several times where yeah. you get that reflection. To me, I think that's a big part of, of, of Abu and, and him being able to score is he knew where that line was and he didn't he didn't cross it either. So kudos to Abu on that. Yeah, and one of my favorite things is that the entire team celebrated this. Jordan ran from the from the goal box, and everyone was so happy for Mo. And you can tell how much he means to the team um, just by that. And speaking of uh, how much he means to the team, we can go to the next highlight and talk about the just the the icing on the cake for this one. I guess we could try this here. Let's see. A little better copy of it here, actually. Yeah. So it's not broken. Yeah. So we talked about that. There's the there's the Jacory Hayes uh yellow card. And man, this dude was given out. Oh, here, here's the, where here's where you can talk about your referees here. So so yeah, so that that's the reaction of most SAFC fans right there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And there's a cross coming out, and there's there's Bailey's shot that went just wide that we talked about. Um, 
And then here comes Fabian's kind of spinner that didn't really, he didn't really get the, didn't get the power he wanted on that one at all. Rafa thought he should have went far post. Yeah, I think the keeper kind of cheated. Uh, If you look whenever, uh, before Fabian looks down at the ball. He took a step. Yeah, he took a step more to the right. And here's Ja'Cory's shot that rings. I think that post is still ringing after that shot. And then Nico just couldn't keep that header down. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, he got his top, oh, yeah, his he top, did. He's top hand. You're right. I ne- I did not see that the keeper got yeah, He doesn't get that, that. top hand. It's, it's in the goal. Absolutely. And here you go. There's Malik Foster trying to make a big move, and he can't get around um, Lamar Batista, who stayed with him. And, and there's a save from out wide here's beckford it's great to see beckford back obviously he he got the start and he's getting a lot more playing time in colorado springs which he deserves i think he deserves uh he was that player that when that i felt for safc we put on the field whenever we whenever we were down and we needed to chase a goal that just didn't happen a lot last season so um and there's yeah that super late save in the first half by jordan far um and that's the end of the first half there. And then we will pick it up. Okay, Colorado Springs attack on the right. Little drop-off pass. It comes into the middle. And Jordan Farr kind of scouted that one out. He was waiting for it. And the power, the shot didn't have a, that much power. Uh, that, if that was a right-footed shot, that's in. He, if you notice, he adjusted to his left. And it, it took off a lot of the... A lot of this thing, yeah. So you'll watch yeah. the play. That's a right-footed shot. Yeah, so he yeah. kicked the wrong foot, right? Yeah. That's, why, that's wrong why. foot. It, it's just wrong-footed. I think he's just uh Because sitting. look at the momentum. If he yeah. steps into this right foot, it's it's yeah. a goal. If he, since he has to lean back, kind of shift. No, I think he's just to the left. I think twenty is just violently left-footed from Colorado yeah. Springs. I don't know if he has a a, a a true right foot. So, I think that's what he was just kind of left with. So. Is what it is. And then Mitch finally got his yellow card after two games. Yeah. <laughs> the third game. Well, three games, yeah. Yeah, and here's the goal. Once again, Nacho out wide with the cross, which is awesome to see. Uh, Mo kind of overruns it there. Bailey with the shot. It gets deflected. Mo with the header in. Do you think um, he was shooting? Yeah, he was shooting. I was wondering if he was trying to pass No, he was 100% shooting in that bottom corner. Uh, it's pretty. It's the exact same shot he had on the other side. He just shot it wide. Yeah. He goes for a goal this time. It gets deflected, and and Mo gets his goal, So, which is great. Do you think on the the header, if you look at it, he has a far post? you think he should have hit it near post? You know what? He, he, he He's a midfielder. He, he was little... going for the goal. He was going for the goal. <laughs> the goal's yeah, the size that, of the school bus, the... he was lucky to hit it. Yeah, no. You I, see if... the goalkeeper, yeah. Oh, no, that's what I mean. The, the goalkeeper almost got a hand on it. Um, And, yeah, in a perfect world, yeah, he goes near post. But at the time, he's just going for the he's just going for the dang goal. Um, and then here's last-minute defending. This is, you know, added second somehow onto this because of the ref and then it's a pretty clear handball by uh by garcia like, i don't think it's clear yeah it, it's absolutely clear both hit, he hit it with both of his hands both of his hands are out to the right side he hits it with both of his hands it's a very clear handball mm. very clear like he's he's doing this and he blocks the ball 
He's just turning at the same time he does it. It's a very clear yellow card. Like there's He's no lucky he didn't get a red. <laughs> the, yeah, that's correct. What everyone was arguing about there was you should have blown the whistle before, which that's very valid. He should have blown the whistle before. And then Jordan Farr just does Jordan Farr things uh, with uh, one La Madrid on the assist. Uh, Harry, do you want to – well, I guess we'll talk about that um, when we get to it. So what a moment. Um, and then far, here, far if the you wanna hear the, if you want to hear the volume, I think they had the volume on this one. One of them they have the volume. That's not it. Yep, not that one. So, as far as officiating, that's probably one of the worst games. It was. I've it seen. was just. It was desperately the, inconsistent. The, the one. The one. That's the funny. one that. The one call that he really messed up was the one that was there was a foul and then Piranha gets tackled after the whistle and which should have been a straight red. Yeah, he got. And he got tackled. For him to give him a yellow. Tackled from behind, nah. studs up after the whistle, and uh, he got a yellow. And the guy that mm -hmm. uh, had the foul that got called initially to stop the play, he got a yellow. So there are two yellows at the same time. One of those should have been a red because that was it was obviously just intent to injure. Like they could tell mm -hmm. Pirano changed the game. He's dangerous. Uh, we're gonna give up a goal, um, and that's why that that tackle happened. And yeah, he uh, he was really he was really willing willing to get out the yellow cards, especially for SAFC early, and then just kind of cowered and kind of let things go. Uh, there's another time where there was a um, uh, there's a little dust up in the box um, uh, because Mitch was just coming out after a play, uh, and he got two handed shoved and not even a foul there was because a, it was a goal and there kick. was actually there was also a play that there was a punch thrown. And right in front, and nothing was done. I, th I, I think it was, um, I forgot who it was, but it was done. At, at, and then I remember you said that, yeah. yeah. Was it, was it their big up. forward? Was it their big uh, yeah. forward? Yeah, the, whenever they subbed the big forward in, the physical guy. Yeah, that he. Wheeler. Yeah, he did a Wheeler. lot of questionable stuff, which for if he plays for your team, sure, you love it. But at the same time, it wasn't within <laughs> the rules. Like he did some some shady crap. There's another play that I do remember. Uh, where Bailey has the ball, he's on the right wing, he's completely beat his defender, he's looking for a cross, and the defender two-hand shoves him into the boards, not even a call, just call the ref goes and calls a goal mm -hmm. kick. Like, very inconsistent and just poor decisions, just poor decision-making on his part, for sure, which happens. Think, Everyone has a stinker, but at the same time, it, it, was, it was bad. Uh, that was, And then Wheeler did that to Garcia, too. Right, Harry? There was one play that Wheeler did. The Garcia was defending the ball, and, yeah, and just right in front of, and he just didn't make it. You know, Wheeler should have gotten at least a yellow by that time, right? Uh, so are we all all done talking about that match? Uh, which was incredible, it was an incredible night. San Antonio showed out, it was super loud after that far save. You can cut the tension with a knife, and it was unbelievable. Um, for sure, uh, and hopefully we do the same thing in the next match. I believe the next match, home match, is going to be the U.S. Open Cup on the fourth, correct? No, hundred uh, percent, so, yes. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm not expecting a big crowd for that. Obviously, it's not a you know. A, well, obviously, like, SAFC's not either because they've only opened up the yeah. west side of the stadium. So that's correct. That's correct. If so. you haven't got tickets, uh, go get tickets because uh, 
you know, the, I don't think, I think it'll, it's, I think it'll be limited seating. Absolutely. Yes. I believe it'll be limited seating. Um, might, might be something that we ask Matt, if, if there's going to be a, a, a supporters group open, if the bunker is going to be open. Yeah. Um, that might, that might I think be that a, it was. a match. You might, you might catch me over there for sure. Um, Cause I have seats, but yeah, it's, Exactly. Exactly. I think supporters bunkers is where it's at for that match for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if the fam's going at all, um, but but we'll see. I mm, yeah. Yeah, he sure said it's that. open. Okay, so the bunker will be open. So that's good to good to hear. Hopefully, we get plenty of supporters over there. Um, and then the next home match, um, the next match is coming up is going to be on the first against. Um, scramble panic scramble panic um i just saw it oh monterey bay we play in monterey bay at 9 p.m on uh on april 1st so that'll be the next match um uh, monterey bay is looking really good this season um so we'll see how that turns out harry you have a point to make well no not a point question for you any chance you can uh get our first watch party uh not on the first first no not on the first i believe the first watch okay so i guess we'll uh we'll break well, it's nine out. o'clock so that's the reason why i was asking just because it's it's a late night game so that's fair enough um oh buddy yeah that's that's super late um no april 1st is that barbecue is a mike taylor oh, show okay. barbecue so oh. i will i'll be incapacitated i will watch the highlights for that one um <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, April 15th at Louisville, or excuse me, Louisville. Um, tax day, gross. Um, yeah, we'll, 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 do, we'll, do a, we'll do a production meeting We'll have later. to figure it. We'll yeah, have to figure, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. But. It's, also the, it's also the six-day final that day, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you a lot of things Matt happening. saying so everybody can go to second uh, second pitch or Alamo Beer Crocketeers right. and FTC on our side of town. Group. Our side of town, which is the northwest side, we're going to look into possibly having a watch party over here. Um, we'll try to we we'll try to do like a pre-show or maybe a post-show. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, with whichever match we uh, we can we can swing. Um, so we'll try to get that uh, together. Uh, let's go over. Monterey- for the Monterey Bay, what I may try to do is kind of do a watch along then. Um, okay. For that here, so uh, you know, have uh, have have a show, have or if you want to come on camera um, or not, to kind of talk about it. We we'll do that. I'll have to see what my schedule is going to be, but with it being a nine o'clock match, that might be a perfect opportunity to try to do that. Kind of like SAFC did during the 2020 season for the pandemic when they had the watch party <laughs> and they're just a. <laughs> The big, everybody remember that one? That was fun, right? Like the, oh, Lord. Like the, well, like seriously, the Loco's squares. done it. Seriously, Loco's done it. I know Hammering Down did it. And it might be something that maybe I'll test it out if, if I go to Second Pitch or Alamo. Uh, maybe kind of do a watch party there, you know, because right. you can't show the game, obviously. Right. But it maybe it'd be kind of cool to have kind of... Uh, Simulcast the two crowds and then whoever else wants to be in the... Yeah, that's not bad. That's not a bad idea. So, yeah. Maybe go through there. But uh, moving on, uh, mentality monsters, because we're at 55 minutes and, and Royce gets a little uh, uh, snickery when it gets uh, past an hour here. So that's correct. Let me 
Let me just make sure I get my uh, mentality gotta, monster. I know we've already kind of talked about it. Got to keep the kid on the uh, got to keep the kid on the schedule for sure. Uh, that's one big thing with <laughs> yeah, five year olds, toddlers, uh, whatever you want to call them. Keep them on a schedule because the more you go with that schedule, the more <laughs> consistent things are. And the more consistent things are, the more structured they are for them, the happier they are, the better they know what to expect. So this is a new thing that we're going to bring on the show. Um, and it's obviously inspired by the, the hashtag mentality monsters, the mentality monsters last season. <clears throat> we're going to start having every game a mentality monsters moment of the match. And it's going to be something where we're going to post uh, after the game. Um, we're going to make it interactive with everybody. We're going to get what is your mentality monster moment of the match, and it's something we're going to start going forward. Uh, obviously, I think everyone everyone's going to say Jordan Farr. I'm not. Um, Harry kind of is, and I don't know where Roth is going to go with this. So, um, Harry, I'm you going go on the situation here because we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll go the other way around. Harry, you go first with uh, what is your mentality monster moment of the match. So my mentality monster of the match um, goes to actually Mitchell Tainer. Um, we knew it was kind of going to be a last, you know, last kick effort. He unfortunately went down with cramps or, you know, what, whatever the situation went down, but him going down allowed that distraction for far to be able to communicate with the bench. And I was actually watching that interaction. The bench was signaling too far where you know where to go you know based on 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 the colorado springs pre-k kicker and far actually signaled and he said the direction and he pointed down to the direction where it was but because there was all the direction people around him you know around mitch all the confusion there he was able to get the instructions from the bench able to have that clear and clear idea of hey where, where does where does the colorado springs kicker like to go and obviously we saw the results and I know Royce mentioned that, you know, he left early. If, if the kicker looked up that, you know, he could have possibly, you know, adjusted it and moved it, you know, and would have scored easily. Uh, but to me, that was kind of, kind of cool to see to where the communication, and I don't know if you get that, if it's, if it's, you know, if there's no delay due to the injury, Rafa, you may be able to speak to that, you know, being kind of a goalkeeper and structure can, you know, uh, getting the instruction from the bench, having that, having, having that ability to be able to kind of game plan there. How mm -hmm. important is that for a goalkeeper, even, even a goalkeeper like Jordan? It, it, it's very important. I actually, I actually been in that situation of a few, uh, back in uh, 2012, we're at a game, we're at a, in a game. And if we, if the, t it was a PK, if they make that PK, we're out of the playoff, uh, making the playoffs. And sure enough, I made sure my Toma keeper, when the guy was about to kick the ball, you yell the word keeper loud to scare, to scare him. And sure enough, when he took an approach to kick the ball, yell the word keeper, boom, the guy shanked him in. <laughs> so that was my he was my mentality monster there. So I, I can relate between Jordan and Coach, uh, Coach La Madrid on that. So, yeah, it's important, you know. And also, if you got to get kudos to Coach La Madrid because – you know, he he actually probably scouts a lot of these their penalty kickers from the other teams and what tendencies that they have. And you know, sometimes they do give things that they give away, and or they favored some one side and the other. And you know, you know, he did his homework, and then you know, and it allowed Jordan to complete that play. You know, to stop that PK. So, you know, like I said that you know, if I have a Metellami monster, that I'm going to give it to Coach Salam Madrid because you know he came through, and he was he was just you know part of you know. 
he was part of that victory towards the end, getting you know, Jordan prepared for that for that situation. And Rafa, what's your mentality monster moment of the match? That's, that's what it was. Well, that's it. That's oh, a that Coach La Madrid. Yeah, Coach La Madrid. Okay. I mean, you got I mean, his preparation for, you know, he's, I'm sure he watches tons of video, you know, and for these type of situations. And you, you got to give it to him, you know. And, and I, I think, you know, to me, honestly, I'm surprised like no MLS team has picked him up to be, uh, a, a, a goalkeeping coach, you know, he's, he's just that good. And, but we're lucky to have him. Hey, we're, we're, we don't mind that. Cause like I said, we have the goalkeeper of the year and, and it looks at, I mean, look at his track record speaks for itself. Look at the, all the goal, great goalkeepers we've had, you know, since the inception of SAFC. So he's my mentality monster of the match. Cause his psychology, his him reading the, be able to read the players and prepare our goalkeepers. God is this, got us to three points last night. Absolutely. And my mentality monster man of the match, a uh, moment of the match, excuse me, is going to be Moabu. Um, just, you know, we have PC injured and PC normally has that role. So he's more taking the, instead of the dis, uh, distributing um, position, he's going more forward and he's kind of taking up that PC role where he's everywhere. Um, and PC is our mentality monster. He has been the guy that is just really, um, portrayed that um that state of being um throughout his career and it's throughout his time with sasc and have moabu have to take that um kind of take that position from him and to do what he did and to go forward uh which as he talked about i believe he talks about in this um uh, interview was he's like i like to gamble a little bit to go forward if we need a goal i'll gamble um and i maybe i can assist maybe i can score a goal and and like we've discussed, it has been nine seasons since he has scored a goal. That is a lot of a lot of time on the field, a lot of games, a lot of um, miles ran without really having to score and or, or having the ability just to go forward to try to score, just you know, to to pad stats. So, uh, mentality monster of the match for me is 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 Moabu. And I'm going to run this video. It's from uh, Aaron uh, at Captain Marvel, uh, who, if you don't know, covers uh, SAFC for their uh, Ticket 760. Um, but I thought this was an awesome interview uh, for that here. Yeah, unfortunately, audio didn't come out too well on that one, but basically, he talks about a celebration. And they asked them, you know, oh, it didn't what, come out. No, no, it, it, it didn't. It didn't sound that great. Uh, but pretty much, um, they asked him about a celebration. What was that celebration about? Where he goes towards his his bench to go celebrate, and then he turns real quick to go the other way. And he kind of says, you know, I wanted to go celebrate with them, but I was like, mm, maybe I'll just go, you know, go celebrate by myself. He's like, I don't score that often, so I didn't really have anything planned, and that's just how it came out. So it's pretty I funny. It was like a penguin, like a little penguin dance. Yeah. <laughs> when he was yeah. Going. Yeah, so he's obviously just happy. So, I mean, can't blame the guy. 
hasn't scored in nine seasons, which is unbelievable. Gets his goal, well-deserved. The game winner, Jordan Farr with another clean sheet. The mentality monsters in the back, clean sheet. That was a, that was a really well-played game for a team that you could tell was hungry for a win, who's, who's wanted revenge, especially from last season. And what are we in the last six games? We're like 6-0-0 against them. They're not happy about that, um, and they get to not be happy for a little while longer. So, great game. Um, like I said, great night, and it was, it was pretty unbelievable. So, next match is an away match. Uh, so, we'll see what next set, late late uh, uh, Saturday night uh, for yep. here, but you'll be able to do the show next, uh, next Sunday. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a fourth, uh, either – possibly somebody new or Robert or maybe both uh, depending on uh, their schedules. Uh, I asked the uh, mystery person uh, late this afternoon um, and you know, he had kind of family commitments. He was going to try to do it, but uh, um, obviously it didn't do it. So I'll wait for a proper introduction at that point. Um, final thoughts for me, uh, support local high schools. Uh, Rafa is probably going to talk to you a little bit about a game on Tuesday uh, here in San Antonio, or actually a couple of good matches here. Because it's quite a few. Uh, you know, if you want to go out and support some local high school playoffs, uh, we did our bracketology show. If you can go on, and uh, we broke it up into six episodes. The first episode, the the 4A girls. I'm sorry, there were some audio issues uh, with it. You know, first time doing a live show, uh, but after that uh, was went pretty smooth. Uh, pretty smooth on there. And uh, so if you can give those a like, listen, and through their hair, uh, that's my final thought for me. Just like, you know, thank you for everybody that tunes in. Rafa, your final thought, and then Royce will uh, close it out. Yeah, and also shout out to, like, Coach Steve and Coach uh, Kano for joining me and Harry for the Bracketology on Wednesday. And all the people uh, that have been out there supporting us, and especially the O'Connor parents from Friday night, thank you for the great comments. They love the show, both shows both the Vithi the podcast, the fan cast, and also the, the high school show. So thank you guys. Good luck to you guys on your next games for both teams because both O'Connor teams actually advanced. So good luck to them. And then we'll probably go with some recaps. Uh, I think I'll be on 50-50 on Wednesday to do the recap of the bi-district area round. There are some big games coming up. Um, I think Monday I might, buy, might be down for a 5A girls area game. I'll keep you guys posted on that. And then uh, another big Tuesday night game. Um, here in San Antonio, uh, I'm so we're looking to see where I'm gonna head to. But there's also some great games out of town, so you have a chance. We'll support our San Antonio teams. Uh, I know Austin kind of took it in the chin, so let's keep it. Let's let our San Antonio teams keep it going. Hopefully, we bring back some state titles, and that way we can show that San Antonio so high school soccer is, is the best in the state. Um, and yeah, my, uh, my final thought is just going to be, keep it going, San Antonio, keep it going with the sellouts. We have seven, uh, we have six in a row. Let's go for seven. Um, obviously the next match is going to be us open cup match. It's not going to be a sellout. It's also during the week. It's kind of tough. Um, but the next home match is going to be on, should have had this one pulled up. Um, didn't I just say when it was going to be? Yeah, Sacramento, the red out night. April, April uh, 8, red out. Yeah. Big yeah. match. Big, yeah. big match. Yeah. Uh, it'll be uh, one versus two there. Uh, as of right now, one versus two. Obviously, we have another game between. But it'll be one versus two. Sac Republic um, comes to our house. Um, they just beat San Diego Loyal, uh, one nothing. So that's a big result for them. Um, 
and it's going to be the red out match. It'll be obviously the first game in Toyota Field with the new red jerseys, which will be fun to watch. Um, let's show up. Let's show up and show out San Antonio. Uh, let's sell that one out as well. Uh, and that's uh, Saturday, April 8th. So what's life without goals? Good night. We'll see you. Thanks for tuning in.